everyone, and welcome back to Crossroads Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 2002 Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 74, which I have beginning with Lucy finishing yesterday's line. The word that she is, is tired. Ah. But also the um, other thing. <laughs> also, also, I mean, also horny. Yeah, she doesn't say it, but we know. You know. Right. Um, And I have it going through the moment when... Ben has just taken off his shirt. It was, I was feeling the most affection for these characters when I was writing the sentence, Ben takes off his button down. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he's wearing like a button down over a tank top and he takes off the button down shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ben says that he is also pretty beat. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure beat means horny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's also Mm -hmm. pretty horny. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay. Yep, that is that is the code. So uh, Kit's like, hey, wait, though, we can't take your car if you're not driving. <laughs> and Ben right. basically Be- throws his keys out of here at them and says, get out of here. Yeah. I'm trying to like, fuck. Yeah. As we've established, Ben does not let anyone else drive his car, and he gets really mad and kicks dirt if you try to. Yeah. Backwards. But apparently, when Ben is trying to get laid... Ben is willing to let just anyone drive his car. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, he just the the way he chucks the keys at her, he just pulls them out of his pocket and chucks them at her. It was very reminiscent of the "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Yep. And he like says, just very matter of fact, like okay, here you go. He says, "Don't wreck it," which I'm like, good advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. To... So my next note is Ben and Lucy are gonna fuck. Yes, that is correct. But first... Yes. Uh, we have Kit driving down Melrose Avenue. Okay. Poorly. Okay. So, Melrose Avenue is a famous avenue. It's named after a town in Massachusetts. It was paved in 1909. Okay. All that, all that aside. Because... <laughs> okay. So, we establish some locations in this scene. Right. They're driving down Melrose. Mm-hmm. Mimi's looking at a map confusedly, and she says, wait a minute, I thought we were going to the Hollywood sign. Right. And Kit says, we're going to uh, make a stop first. And Mimi said, but wait, the Hollywood sign is back there. We're on Melrose, the Hollywood sign is back there. Right. So, here's what I was working with when I wrote it, and I was writing it, and I was like, I'm forgetting a key detail. I'm forgetting a key detail. And we and I realized what it was in, uh, in last minute, minute 73. So what I was working with was Melrose Avenue. To I, I I was assuming the hotel was it was it in Santa Monica, and that's just because I really like the name Santa Monica. Um, okay, but it's we the hotel has an ocean view, so it right. has to be like on the coast. Right. So Santa Monica makes sense because it's it's basically the closest to where like Melrose is and where like the Hollywood sign is and whatever. But it, but in order to get to Melrose Avenue, you have to pass by UCLA from Santa Monica. Okay. So, my my confusion was, how have they come from the beach, gotten onto Melrose, but beheaded away from the Hollywood sign? Assuming Dylan is at UCLA, they would have had they would have to have passed UCLA. To get to Melrose, and the only way they'd be driving on Melrose away from the Hollywood sign 
is if their hotel is like at Redondo Beach, which is like a little further down the coast and 75 minutes away from the Hollywood sign. And then they drove on the 405 up this road called Western and then turned onto Melrose heading west. But then why wouldn't they just have taken the 405 the other way, which is a straight shot to UCLA? So my, my issue is that you can't get to Melrose from anywhere on the beach without either one driving a long way or two passing by UCLA. If Kit is just going to UCLA, she would just go up the coast to UCLA. Is it possible that they did do some sightseeing? And that was my minute 73 epiphany was if they actually did do some sightseeing first, go on to Melrose, look at Fairfax High School where all the famous people went to high school, go see whatever in L.A. and are on Melrose. And this whole time, Kit has been stewing about Dylan being a dick. And then she makes a decision to go west on Melrose towards UCLA as opposed to east on Melrose towards the Hollywood sign. It's also possible that Dylan doesn't live so, at UCLA. Doesn't live on campus. Right. Maybe he lives nearby enough. I don't know I don't know the layout of LA, right. so I don't know if it's possible that he lives close enough to commute into campus for classes, but far enough away that any of this Melrose Hollywood sign stuff makes sense. The weird thing is that like Melrose is like a an avenue that starts and stops like it it's not like a road that like goes on forever. It it has a fixed beginning and end point. So like you can't just like pick up Melrose and then drive it whatever. So to get on to Melrose, they have to be be shooting for Melrose. Okay. So it makes sense and and it means that and also Santa Monica is like way closer to Melrose than Redondo is. Or any of the other, like, beaches that I've heard of in songs. If they passed by UCLA and Kit was stewing and not thinking, I'm going to go visit Dylan. Or Dylan lives elsewhere, you know, whatever. They they would be heading, if they were heading away from the Hollywood sign, they would be heading towards UCLA campus. So that actually, that that part does make sense. My problem was, how did they get to Melrose from the beach without passing UCLA? And the answer is, they could have. If Kit was doing sightseeing, doing sightseeing, and then being like, you know what? No, we're going to go visit Dylan. That's probably the most likely. Yeah. The, uh, the, I mean, the only other possibility is they passed UCLA, which is where Dylan goes, but not where he lives. Right. And she is directing them to where he lives. Now, how Kit knows how to get to where Dylan lives Right. in this pre-GPS time, right. I, d- I don't know. Which, if, he, if they've already passed the campus, and they've already been up Melrose the other way, and uh-huh. she knows that she just has to turn around on Melrose and go the other way and get back to where they saw the UCL campus, I have a right. feeling that probably he lives very, very close to, if not on campus. Sure. Um, because I feel like, and you know, maybe our California listeners can confirm or deny this, I feel like you try and drive as little as possible when you're in and around L.A., yeah, that's my understanding, too. And also, there's, like, if if she, she's probably been to visit him. Maybe, yeah, yeah. At some I mean, he's point. he's been there. He's, like, a junior, right? So, like, yeah. she's, so she's been probably there for been to visit him. So if he does live on campus, she probably has at least a vague idea of where on campus he lives. Like, knows, 
you know, which building and probably she probably this is, you know, back in the days when people sent each other snail mail. So she probably had sent him letters and care packages to his address. So if he lived on campus, she would know that he lives in XYZ dormitory. Right. You know, floor four room B. Wow. I I really applaud the specific UCLA specific reference. I didn't realize (laughs) you knew the campus that well. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. But if he lives off campus, and I'll just to spoil just a tiny bit, they do go to visit Dylan next week. And well, at the end of this week. Well, that's true. At the end of this week, too. It doesn't look like a dormitory that they're in. It looks like an apartment building. I assume that UCLA is super fancy. (laughs) Well, and so when we see inside Dylan's living quarters next week, it's... It's not any dorm that it doesn't look like any dorm that I've ever lived in. Right. It, lo- it looks like an apartment. I don't think that they would live far enough away from UCLA that it wouldn't be in the like it wouldn't be in the in the same area. I don't think you oh, put, sure. like Beverly Hills in between where you live in the campus. Sure. So. My point is how the hell does Kit know how to get there? Like right. if he That's doesn't live point. on campus, how even if she's been to visit him before, how does she know from driving down unless she knows that he lives like on Melrose? Right. Or on another like just at the corner of Melrose and XYZ Santa Street? Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like unless yeah. she knows specifically where he lives and like knows that there's like a major landmark to look for. Right. I find it very unbelievable that she's just randomly driving around L.A. and suddenly decides to go visit him and knows exactly how to get there. Yeah. I mean, like, I can also imagine random high school, college exchanges, you know, hotmail.com exchanges where, like, he's like, you know, here's photos of me walking to camp, like, you know, like, I guess, a photo or whatever of me walking to campus or whatever. Or if you ever need to visit but although dylan isn't romantic so no and also he would have back then there weren't camera phones so he would have had to have taken an right. actual photo and then scanned it in to email it to her which right seems so like it would have been a lot of again. yeah right. it seems like an awful lot of work on dylan's part right even taking the photo getting it developed and mailing it to her yeah seems unlikely right but yeah you know what's funny the the, the persistence of polaroids in movies i just realized is because you want you don't want It'd be like, all right, we took a picture. Let's just wait a couple more weeks and see how the picture comes out. Yeah. You want immediate, like, if this picture needs to be in the plot, we need to see that picture now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. um, Yeah, so that's a great point. So Mimi starts freaking out. Yes. Um, She's like, no, you said we were going to see the Hollywood sign. Yeah. What are you doing? We're, you can see Dylan tomorrow. Right. Like, we're supposed to be sightseeing. You can see Dylan tomorrow. And Kit's right. like, shut up. We're going to see Dylan. Right. And then we cut to Ben and Lucy on a balcony. Yeah, it's, I have a note. My, the, my only note about this encounter is in the next minute. So, um, yeah. I just want to, I want to set the scene just a tiny bit. Yeah. They appear to be in a first floor room. Really? I thought so. I thought they were very high, high up. Oh, no, it looked to me like the beach was, like, just right there. It looked to me like the beach was... Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to watch that again. That's really funny. I will, too, because the the fact that... I mean, they're clearly, like, about to 
bone down on this balcony. And from the very first moment that I saw this movie, I have always thought, you guys are just standing on this balcony. There's people, like, on the beach. Are you going to go inside and, like, close the curtain? Also, they're inside. My note is about how they're inside with the the sliding glass door closed. Are they? Yeah, because you can see the curtains reflecting in the glass. My... Okay, well, that makes a note that I have tomorrow make a whole lot more sense. I wonder if we took the same note. <laughs> is it about this? <laughs> yes! It makes the note make a whole lot more sense. I have never noticed this curtains reflecting. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch because, or, well, I guess I'll, I'll, when I watch next week's minutes. Because I've never I noticed didn't... that because I always thought that they were standing on a balcony just getting, I mean, if they're standing in front of an open window, which isn't a whole right. lot better. But if they're up a couple floors... If they're up a couple floors, it's fine. I have all, it has always looked to me like they were on the ground floor and the beach was just right there. That is so funny. I didn't change my notes. Um, I just kept the note, but I was like, oh no, I see it. Because I, I went back to watch something. I don't remember what I went to, to watch. Or maybe I went to watch the next minute or something. But I was like, oh, there's the, there's the curtains reflecting. Anyways. Okay. That makes me feel a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah, it did, and it did as me. It, uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up so that we can. Well, for the listener, it's not going to get them to tomorrow's minute any faster, but for you and me, it sure will. It sure will. So we're on Twitter at crossroads underscore min, and individually, I'm at unabashedly Aaron. I'm at unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, alongside a whole host of other great shows, one of which I will drop a trailer for after the end of this episode. Perfect. Well, it's gonna, it's, it's, what's a slight bit softer than softcore porn? Tomorrow's Minute. Tomorrow's Minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not, I mean, we're not there yet. Lucy's still fully clothed. Uh-huh. Ben, ben has isn't. taken off one of his shirts. His tattoos are poking out. You can see the edges of his tattoo. So <laughs> tomorrow we'll get to see the whole tattoo. But until yeah. then, hey James? Yeah. Let's be best friends forever. <laughs> we will. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Toon Link saw Kirby walking into the kitchen wearing a sleep cap. Kirby, did you steal the microwave? <laughs> oh, hello there, gentle listener. I didn't hear you there. You caught me reading the longest written work in the English language, The Subspace Emissary's World's Conquest, a Super Smash Brothers fan fiction. But let's set that aside for now. To advertise our podcast. Hi. I'm Beth. And I'm Max. And we're the hosts of Fan Ball, a podcast about fandom, their history and culture. The people and things they create. And everything in between. Listen bi-weekly on Wednesdays on the Scavengers Network or wherever you find your podcasts.